0: Hey everyone, this is Alex Kelly with Furloughed Film Talks, back here with our usual Friday episode. I am avoiding Ryan's gendo here. Mr. Maxims? Yes, he uh, he's under the desk and he's doing good. He had surgery little, Tuesday. Little Snip Snips on Tuesday, Tuesday. And as we're talking about him, he disconnects the microphone, <laughs> yeah. so that's what we get. But Max is doing alright, uh, he had surgery, he's all good now, but... Yep. Um, just enjoying those painkillers at the moment oh yeah we're having to like force feed them to him though yeah so. he doesn't take pills lightly yeah hi dear me actually <laughs> but um, super stoked about that thank you guys for checking out this episode and every the other episodes uh, this week it's been a jam packed week with the dead center film festival uh, so we have made the decision to kind of move forward with the show we're going to be doing two episodes a week I think it's going to be Tuesdays and Thursdays from now on Uh, But yeah, so just made that decision today gonna gonna see how it goes from here Yeah, just take a little step back so we can do, uh, you know, keep the quality as high as possible Yeah, and make sure with everything that's gonna be coming up here soon that you know We're able to do everything effectively and put everything that we want into this show so uh, Check out more film festivals in the future and be able to do everything that we want to for as long as we can so um, yeah, so I'm super stoked about it, super excited. Uh, and Did so- you already say it's going to be Tuesday, Thursday? Tuesday, Thursday. Okay. Yeah. If anybody, we, I think we should repeat everything three, four times anyway, so Tuesday, Thursday. Tuesday, Thursday? Tuesday, Thursday. Okay. All right, right, You're Max. Um, but some amazing news and something we've been waiting for since March, Max. <laughs> Look me in the eyes and tell me you haven't been waiting for this day. We get to go to a movie theater tomorrow, man. Yeah, dude. I am very excited. Yeah. Uh, We're not seeing anything new. We're just seeing some cinema classics. Which, for me, I think... And I'm going to make an admission here. I don't think I've ever really seen The Matrix all the way through... Really? Yeah, so this is a new movie for me, technically. I certainly have never seen the theaters, so... When nine. this came out, I was, like, nine years old, I think. Yeah, well, it would have been 2000, so you probably would have been, like, 10. Oh, that was 99. No, it was 2000. 2000. Okay, yeah, it would have been 10 or 11, so... In any case... This was, not, this was not a movie on your fucking radar that you could ever see. Even if I wanted to, no. there's no way our parents would let us go see this movie in theaters. Yeah. So uh, I didn't see it until I was probably like 15, 16. Um, yeah, that's about right. Yeah, so no, it's going to be like super cool to see some of this yeah. shit in a uh, the we, theater. We, what, Max? We get to see uh, a movie tomorrow because Cinemark, which we've we've said before, but they're right here in our backyard. They're in Plano, Texas. Hometown! Uh, 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 (laughs) so, uh, Jesus, we, they are opening up the movie theater right next to the headquarters, which was our, you know, movie theater growing up. So it's Cinemark West Plano. So there are only going to be three Cinemarks, uh, open in the entire United States. And they're going to be within 30 minutes of us, which is super cool. Yeah, that's, uh, pretty awesome. And the other cool part about it is next week when they... They do their second phase. It's only two other theaters in the United States, and they're also within 40 minutes of us. Yeah, they're all in the so, metroplex. Which they're is all smart. We talked about smart this. plan. Yeah, yeah. We, we talked about that. And I think our our uh, movie theater episode—that's one of our earlier ones. But yeah, like, go check out our catalog. Uh, well, it's actually getting uh, kind of hefty, sex extensive. Yeah. yeah. um uh, And so with that one, we talked about you know what their kind of plan was and what we thought they were going to do, and it turns out that yeah we were we were right um and so for the first you know two weeks it's only gonna be five theaters in dallas and so one of those we're gonna be going and hitting up a ton over the next couple that's something that i how many how many were two weeks no we're gonna go hit up a ton of theaters we're gonna go hit up that a ton of times Oh, for sure. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I was like, oh, I might want to do a tour of Metroplex Theaters. That sounds like an awful idea. I mean, we've talked about it, but yeah, like that version where it's very like, limited. And we've probably already been there. Not all, yeah, not yeah. all cinemarks. That'd be silly. But so the other interesting thing, and I was going to say this to you earlier, was the list. They have a list on their website of kind of like what they think is going to be the reopening schedule for all their theaters. Okay. The two cinemarks that are actually closer to where we are. Won't open, I I think, until, like, approximately July 17th. So they're, like, two of the last ones to be open. So, like, the Frisco one? Yeah, Yeah. so Frisco Square. Yeah. But then there's this cut Cinemark up off of 380 that's technically Frisco as well. Oh, is that open now? Yeah, so it's open. So okay. But, like, that's one of their last ones that they're expecting to reopen. Which I thought that would have been one of the first because it's a... A specialty theater that they could kind of see what would happen there in that environment. Yeah, so I, I was I mean, kind of surprised that that's going to be one of the last ones to be reopened. I guess I mean they have so many theaters like the cut has to be somewhere, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so there's probably some formula that we just don't see. Yeah, there's some reason for it, so, I'm sure. So, um, but super stoked to do that. We're gonna go see uh, Space Jam at the Cinemark Quest Plano at four oh five. Don't get times out. I don't care, dude. Somebody come <laughs> fucking find me. Uh, all, all, get at me, bro. All thirty of you. Uh, <laughs> well, it's gonna be interesting. Like, how many people are actually gonna be in the theater? You think? Well, you can see it right now. You can look up how many seats are left. When I bought our, so we're seeing Jam at four oh five. When I was looking at them, it was there was no ticket bought, and then when I bought them a couple hours later, uh, only three other seats had been checked out. Mm-hmm. So that could just be one person with two seats cut out on the side. Whereas, like, we bought three seats, so it might show, like, five seats X'd out. Yeah. Because there's the three of our party and then one on each side to, like, you know, social distance and shit. It's got to be a, like, really difficult implementation problem for movie theaters to try and, like, design a system in their ticket reservation system where... You optimize, like, you know, because if, like, you don't plan it correctly, like, you're going to have a stretch of, like, two seats after two seats that are just empty, like. But that's what they want. Like, they want, they don't, and that's the genius thing that Cinemark is doing here, is No, no, no I mean, like, they could not, have, like, a whole row of, with only, like, one party in it of two people just because people, like, have parties big enough. They're doing that by design, I think. I don't know. That's the, I, I thing, thought it was I just really, gonna. Have, I thought they were no. just gonna try to have like one seat in between each party or whatever. No, they're they're literally doing. I I didn't think they would do it this way, where you could pick how big your party is, and then like you X out the seats around you. I thought it was gonna be like, oh, we're only gonna let like parties of four and parties of three in. Like I could have gone up and bought an entire row and just had it to ourselves. So, but that, like what I was gonna say is the genius thing that Cinemark has done. Is they haven't said like how much of the capacity that they're cutting in each like theater because it's it's variable, yeah, it's so different through each one, and so it's almost like a cop out where it's like, okay, it could be just parties of two with like one seat in between, or it's you know, a whole fucking row is taken out. I think what they're doing four and five, you know, people parties were in there, yeah, what they're doing is way more, you know, just. Relatable to the reality, they're allowing their customers mm-hmm. to dictate what their group size is and allow the movie theater to fill up in that way. Instead of saying, "Hey, this is exactly how many people you have in your party," so like you know, families of. Uh... What's he doing? Taking up over there. he's taking He's Well, anyways, what Cinemark is doing is pretty smart. So <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm glad we were like go, able to get in there and order. Yeah. You know, enough tickets for our whole group to yeah. so be together. So But we'll see the Space Jam and then see the Matrix. Yeah, you guys and are gonna be there for a hot minute. Yeah, we are. So come back to this podcast to get all the info about movies reopening for Cinemark yeah, specifically. We'll, I'm gonna get super specific. We're the exclusive home of Cinemark reviews. <laughs> Bring it. <laughs> we will let you know yeah. how the new and improved quarantine Cinemark is. The funniest part was like they yeah. had the little like video that from like the CEO. And they're showing like the, the fucking West Plano Cinemark and they're showing the people buying their food and like or they're buying their like popcorn and they're walking the wrong way to the cash registers. I was like <laughs> only I know that this is bullshit what they're doing. So did they turn around and then walk towards the front door. No, like so, away like from the so you know how the line usually goes in the concession stand it's like for popcorn? It's, for it's popcorn, an L shape, yeah, yeah, but yeah. For, for like popcorn. <laughs> yes, that way, I know, yeah. It was the opposite way, so they were like going out of it, so away, away w- w- for the sodas. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You see the, the sodas amazing. the entire time, so you're like the cash register's there so the soda's it's there. It's so fucking dumb. Why did they just put the fucking camera behind the cast register and then face the goddamn like... They, yeah, for some reason they didn't want the fucking front of house showing. Like, it makes absolutely no sense. We are blowing it up. The I don't care. Over <laughs> Cinemark's fucking ad. Yeah. Okay. So, so that's, I'm super... I I, I cannot... It's. Just, I don't, I'm just going to wrap it up like this. I can't describe how excited I am. Yeah, I'm pretty to be excited. In theater, so I'm, I'm have, that's why I, I have talked endlessly about it. And yeah. when we actually go and get to see like a new movie in theaters, I will be crazy excited. All right, for you, this, I'm like when I'm you at half say, drop. You know, Jesus. When you say you're going to get excited for the first new movie we see, well, yeah, it does unhinged. <laughs> I'm or, or, like, Irresistible for the Jon Stewart movie, with that count as, like, a new movie. John Stewart movie? Yeah, he directed a movie that's coming out, and it stars Steve Carell and Rose Byrne, and it's like... What's it about? Um, oh, shit. Steve Carell is a DNC operative. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm pretty excited for that. I, let me be real. I'm not going to get real excited for anything until 10 minutes. So. That's, that's, that's what I'm getting at, It's yeah. like, they're all going to be new... So technically, I mean, those whatever you pick that's new first kind of is. I have I to go with Unhinged full... then. I have to go with Unhinged because oh, I am man. excited to see how much of a dumpster fire that's going to be. That's going to be hilarious. It's gonna be they, be have, really bad. they have yet. They have yet to. Uh say if they're going to let us talk to anybody so have you just not heard back i haven't well it's been a while i should probably hit them up i should have hit them up a while ago oh shit um anyways so get back on that we'll handle with that we've had a lot of good guests this week we've been very very fortunate very good today's was excellent unhinged was not needed what was needed was gregory Allen williams talking about birdie at the and, Dead Center Film Festival. And Remember the Titans. Yes. And West Wing and uh, Brightburn. Yeah. And also a great conversation with an awesome improv actor, Eugene Cordero, who is in Apple TV Plus' uh, Central Park and True TV's Tacoma FD. It's going to be a real banger, the episode, actually. Yeah. It's, it's actually a great episode. Some it's a couple of really good conversations. So we are super excited to have those on this episode, but first up is going to be our interview with Gregory Allen Williams, directorial debut of Birdie. Uh, Super excited to have him on, and we just want to thank him so much for coming on, and here he is. joined by uh, the director of the new movie, Birdie. It is at the Dead Center Film Festival, but he also appeared in Remember the Titans and a whole slew of movies and T V, uh including Brightburn from last year. We're joined by Gregory Allen Williams. How are you, sir? I'm good, I'm good, I'm you, brian. How y'all doing? We are great. You're we, awesome. We're enjoying this uh this Texas heat so we're trying to stay cool. Yeah, I'm here in Georgia it's not too bad. Only it's in the low eighties, so Wow. Not too bad at all. We need to go to Georgia man. It's like yeah. hundred degrees here. We're, well we're not gonna be too bad for a while yeah oh yes it is everything including movies movie theaters so you directed your first movie it's called birdie it's at the dead center film festival right now Uh, what was kind of you know your you know inspiration for making this movie
1: Mm-hmm. Just a very human story, a family movie. Um, there are a whole lot of those, you know. I no. um, So, you know, I, it was a, it was a, a good opportunity to sink my teeth into a,
0: a, a, a solid script, great cast, great production team. You know, it was uh, a blessing. When and, and you also act in it as the. Uh, <laughs> grandfather of the child um of the main character and you you put a lot of emotion in and those scenes that you're in are are some of the they're, they're the best of the movie you know how'd you get into that character what kind of research did you do for that role well i've been doing research on
1: that character for mm, about 30 35 years because i'm a mm mm-hmm. mhm Mm-hmm. Live the character, and I live the character. I have, you know, adult children, with children. So you know, um, it, it wasn't too much of a stretch. Yeah. You know, uh, fortunately, at least to this point, you know, I've not had to suffer consequences or the. Yes. I
0: I think I think all parents do. Yes. How important before it was you to really shine a spotlight on the kind of um, ex-convict or felon experience? Because um, this is the second movie we reviewed in a couple months where it had a very large part of the storyline based on someone coming out of the U.S. prison system. And it feels like these days, like we all know someone who has gone through the system, has either done time or had to put in some form of you know sentence uh, afterwards you know how important is that to you to really like drive home that hey it is getting out of prison or getting out of jail is not like the end of it for these people it's actually like just the start and it can be excruciating excruciating hard to come back into a society you've been a part of or away from for up to, like, eight years, and and a lot of times it's even longer than that. It is very difficult. You know, I watched a video this morning of the young man, the young father, who was shot
2: in Atlanta, Hmm. Rayshard Brooks, and uh, some folks did an interview with him just a few months before he died, and he was talking about, Challenges of reentry, and certainly in our film Birdie, uh, this young man is experiencing, uh, you know, the, the difficulties of, of of coming out of prison, um, of earning the trust of others, the difficulty finding a job, um, you know, those kinds of things. So those are kinds of things are real for hundreds of thousands of Americans, and have been a reality of that post-incarceration experience. Um, I am hoping that uh, the film um, can be of some use in generating dialogue uh, among uh, young men and women coming out of prison, as well as the children of incarcerated people and that sort of thing. So I'm looking sort of down the road, you know, at some educational... Uh, benefit and study guides to go along
0: with the film that's Um, a really cool way to look at yeah like have screenings of it of you know for schools and people and you know having activities afterwards that you could do well there's someone there's almost a character for everybody in this movie you have the grandmother the grandfather you have a potential employer who um, takes in this guy and offers him work Like, anyone can watch this movie and be like, okay, I can take something away from this and apply it to my, in real life. Mm -hmm. And was that like... for sure. Yeah. No doubt. There is this, you know, and I
2: mentioned earlier, it's a family movie. And I mean that in two ways. One, it is certainly a movie that a family can sit down and watch together, or
1: a movie that parents leave the room and their children can watch. Okay.
2: In, in, in that sense, I'm proud of the film, proud of the collaboration, um, you know, and, and uh, proud of the
0: possibilities. And there, there's a scene kind of early in the movie where the main character shows up at, at your you know character's house and you have this back and forth, and spoilers for the movie, but you have this back and forth and he says the line like, I just want to see my daughter and you Immediately, just go me too, and I in in our home just went oh You're like, like oh wow. What was it like just like filming that scene? Because it feels like it would just be such a ba- that's such a badass line to be able to. Film. Yeah, and you say it was such like contempt and contempt, and it's like it, you almost said it like it as your own daughter. Yeah, like it was so real. What was that scene like?
1: Director, mm, yeah. uh-huh. Figuring out the physical aspect of
0: that confrontation. Because originally it was written that grandfather grabs him by the shoulders and sort of throttles him. You know, oh, wow. And I'm like, eh, truth be told, you
2: know, that young man could probably walk
0: on
1: the floor. <laughs> you <know>? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
2: you bringing the flowers yeah. and so i said what if grandfather grabs the flowers and, yeah you know, there's just that momentary tug of war over the you know over the flowers and that was the first thing and, and then you know i have to say the days when i had to act were the days
0: i dreaded the most yeah because when i worked
2: Embrace a character's suffering as our own to embrace a character's joy as our own and depending upon what's going on in our own lives that can be a challenge so those were the days I really 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 had to work hard you know mm-hmm. because For a, you know, for a long time, uh, and I'm sort of committed to that. So you know, I'm glad
0: I was able to fulfill that commitment in in a believable way. So on a much lighter note, uh, we had a small critique for this. Uh, he there's the this, this scene where he comes home and he walks into his childhood bedroom for the first time. So immediately in this scene, the picture of Emmett Smith catches my eye. And then I start scanning the rest of the wall and realize that this guy has pictures of, like, seven or eight different MLB teams on his wall. And as a sports fan, we were both like, like hold on. How, how is this guy yeah. so into, so like... Did you ever notice that when filming, or was that just something that the, like, set designer did?
2: You mean, if, if,
0: you mean in that he had, what, pictures of MLB players who came after him? We, no, he, so he had, like... He had no, no, no. He had a uh, a part of his uh childhood bedroom that had pictures of all these athletes and yeah. Um the, all the pictures of baseball players were all from different teams. So we were like is this guy rooting for like 10 different baseball teams here <laughs> or <laughs> oh, oh, Yes. Well,
1: you know? I I you in that regard. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's... Yeah. Who, okay, yeah. And we saw that, too, and, and it was... So that's, that's really what was going on. And, you know, you
1: got to remember, too, that this is set in small-town Oklahoma. Yes. Yeah, that's That true. is true.
0: for folks to identify with. I see. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Well that's we we seriously pause the movie and, and like discuss this for five or ten minutes. Which is yeah, probably ridiculous. But we do it with everything though. Yeah. And so we at first we're like, no, this is most likely like he's he has these African-American athletes yeah. who he's looking up to. But then there's like a picture of like a a white Philadelphia Phillies. There's whatever. like Jason Worth from the Phillies. Yeah. And they're like, I think that's what they're yeah, going for. Right, but yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. you know what, it's marvelous that you caught that because it is. It is like right. It's not so much the team guy yeah. as looking at individuals.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, yeah.
0: Yeah, and I don't want to belabor the point anymore, but it's one of those things that for us, like we're from a a market where you know we have access to our specific teams so much. We have sports teams for yeah frisbee, and so but like we we don't really know like, and I bet this is how it is in Oklahoma, like those small towns. Yeah, you don't get you don't get to watch the one team that you might like all the time because it's not always on TV. So you the ones that are on TV the most you hook onto those big players yeah, you don't and so have that's an what that is easily attachable team so yeah. like you just it's way more individualistic where it's like i love this player yeah i'm gonna have his picture on my wall but that's our sports side coming out um, okay same thing yep that's yeah that's you just have to think about that you have to be in that mindset of you know what the the environment is for people like their fans like that so you hook on to whatever you can within yeah, the sports it's actually extremely focused like a really uh nicely focused feature in a film that's based in a almost like extremely rural part of Oklahoma mm-hmm. it, like thematically it's perfect yeah well and speaking of sports uh you had a role in "Remember the Titans" as Coach Doc, and it's become—it's kind of gotten a resurgence as of late. You, how important was that movie for you know back in then, but now in today's climate? And we asked this because we actually probably two or three weeks ago during some of the stuff that was happening around Dallas and other cities, like uh, people were tweeting um, a picture of. Was it the two linebackers? I think it's the one that gets injured, and then it's yes. the one that um, uh, is on the field, right? And they're like, everybody needs to see this movie right now. Yeah. Like this is required viewing. And like, we're like, of course it is. Like yeah. no other movie captures that. Like just complete integration of you're on a football team, and it, you don't give a damn if the person mm-hmm. next to you is white, black, purple. You, you don't get care as long as he like has your back and is willing to give it his all for the team, you don't give a shit. So like what's it yeah, like what's it like now having been in that movie, you know, looking back on it, what's it, how important is it now? I've always been really proud to have been a part of that of that film. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I remember I was in uh, you know, a barber chair in South Central Los Angeles many years ago and a very tough-looking fellow, I don't know, might have been a can-banger, but, you know, came up to me yeah. the chair, you know what I mean, with the grill. Like, <laughs> like, okay, you know what I Yeah. And he was like, yo, man, you know, that big type of movie, man, that was, not, that was shit, man, you know, we left it right now, man. <laughs> Mm-hmm.
2: Yep.
0: Yes. That's exactly that's the best way to put yeah. it. Yeah. It's so cool because like and, and, and one of the reasons we love it is because it's not always because it, it depicts who we are. Mm. but who we aspire
2: to be. Yep. And,
0: yeah, it really depicts what is possible with just an open mind and some willingness. Like those players, you know, they they had this arc throughout the movie where they basically went from the most ardent racist to a group of players as one. But it's led by the example of the two coaches finally coming together and working. Yeah, and yeah, that's what that's, like that's that sets the example not only for those players, but for the whole movie in general. And yeah. so it sets like Yep. That India have to make. Yes. Oh yeah. Yep. And almost repeatedly, like you can catch yourself slipping into bad habits, and like yeah, I it's mean, just a re- you know it, we all have to do it. To you just have to learn and grow, and this movie really shows that in a great way. Yeah, it's it's amazing. It's such a good movie. But you were yeah, it's, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful book. to kind of we're big superhero fans, and you you were in Brightburn last year, and that movie is. Crazy. So nuts. Uh has uh, 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 have there been any talks about doing a second one? You know, I have read that there, you know, are some conversations. I mean, the movie is, is to say the least, ripe right? for Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh my and god. I, I I think
1: we'll see it. Mm-hmm.
0: I, I hope so. 'Cause that and what was it? What was it like just being on that set and and being in, like, such a subverted version of a superhero world? It was, you know, it was, it was great. I, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I, uh, for the first time in my career, I got to wear a harness. There's a scene oh. where, you know, toward the end of the film
1: where my character sort of, you know. And, oh, yeah. You know, yeah. I, Yeah. Yeah.
0: When the scene that you're talking about where you get yanked, it's in the trailer and I remember watching the trailer and seeing that and literally yelling out, "Oh shit." Like it is such a, it changes. The, like you kind of know that this is gonna be a weird, like scary movie, but that changes the complexion of the trailer because like he just straight up murdered that dude. Like yeah, it is. Yeah. It is a wild trailer. I I love that movie so much. I really hope they do more with it. There's like a whole universe they kind of like yeah, you know teased at. It'd be cool if they uh flushed it out. But you I mean you've done a lot of movies and a lot of TV shows, but. In my opinion, one of the best TV shows of all time is West Wing, and you were in some of the earlier seasons of that. Uh, You know, what was it like working with, uh, you know, President Bartlett and being one of his advisors? Well, you know, Martin Sheen. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, you know, I've always been fascinated, you know, by his work.
1: And so, you know, watching, you know, sitting in the Situation Room or the Oval Office. Oh, yeah. And, and watching him work was, you know, and working with him mm-hmm.
0: was an honor uh, and a joy. I mean, he's for a long time been one of my favorites. Yeah he's super great. And, and Yep. When we would be sitting waiting for pages. I mean, oh, like wow, like between scenes, and we'd be sitting and waiting for rewrites. I mean, huh. crazy. I mean, good, crazy. Yeah, and we'd be waiting for pages from Mr. Sorkin. You know what? I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. that they could afford to do that you know and there wasn't you know, it wasn't you know hurry up and get it done it was like you know let get it done right and the great thing about that show is like it's era ross sirkin so like they're just gonna let him do what he wants to do and that's the sign of like a great artist is where you're literally up to the point of where the camera turns on you're getting the script perfect yeah. like that's the kind of show you want to be on. Continually just working. Yeah. yeah. That's so <laughs> that, that, dope. Yeah, that was a that was a, that was a joy. You know, I gotta tell you,
2: I was uh, I had been working on the West Wing for a few days, and I had also um, uh, booked a a a film. Oh, John it. See, and names are
0: escaping me. <sighs> oh, dog Gotti. Uh, uh. Let me see. Uh, I'll look up IMDB real fast. With Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell. Oh. Um, what was it? In. Yeah, 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 yeah. You were in old schools. Yeah, okay. So I was on, I was on West Wing and old school wanted me. They needed me by 5 <sighs> p.m. So I got real lucky because um, the first AD
2: on um, West Wing was. <laughs> and they got me out of there about four o'clock so that i could and then old school set a car for me so i could get over there
0: wow and do a scene with will Farrell about uh Farrell about uh, being in the trust tree <laughs> <laughs> that's the craziest like that's the craziest change ever. Like you go from West Wing, you go from the White House to a set of old school with Will Ferrell. <laughs> yeah. You go from Martin Sheen to Will Ferrell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be the most diverse yeah. day in your yeah. career. That's ho- what was it like working with Will Ferrell? Oh man, it was it was nuts. I couldn't even keep a straight face because every take he would he would improvise some additional lines. Oh yeah.
2: Does the guy it was as, as well.
0: yeah. Does the guy ever break character? It seems like Will Farrell is just like Will Farrell always.
1: Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. But he's not. When the camera
2: would roll, he's right there. And then in
0: between takes, you know, he was just chill. That's so interesting. That's actually really cool. Because you see some of the things he does, like, the whole MLB stunt where he played for, like, all the teams in one spring training day or whatever. Yeah, It just seems like he's yeah. always, like, the Will Ferrell, Will Ferrell character, whatever he's doing. But that I am not surprised at all with, like, the amount of work he does. He's it's able to nuts. turn it on and off and be, like, you know... Yeah. One one thing when it's needed, and the exact opposite when it's called for. Yeah, it's he's such. It's a so super cool. Yeah. yeah. But with uh with Birdie, you know, it's at the Dead Center Film Festival right now. What is what does the future look like for uh you know your first directorial debut? Well, you know, uh, right now the producers are looking for distribution, so
2: we're gonna see where where it lands. You know, I certainly would like to direct some more. So. Mm-hmm.
0: Are there, some stuff, you know? are there other stories? I'm sorry. Are, are there other stories that you have in mind for directing? Yeah, there are other stories. I mean, I love to direct and comedy. I've got comedy in mind. You know, like most, you know, half the people in America, I, you know, got
2: something in
0: I'm fired. Oh, yeah. You're, you're, oh, yeah. Do <laughs> we all need to laugh? I love to direct a comedy. Um, you know, we'll see. You know, I've directed uh, in the theater, uh, and that sort of thing. This of course
2: is you know, and, and a few shorts and of course, you know, this yep. is the first feature. So I'm hoping that it's it's received well enough to, you know, warrant in others' minds, you know, uh, the opportunity to direct some
0: more. Well yeah, I'd love to see a comedy. That would be that would be yeah. really awesome. We'll be looking out for that. So, but thank you man for, you know, taking the time to talk with us about all this stuff and uh, if anybody wants to check it out, Birdie is available right now for, at the Dead Center Film Festival, deadcenterfilm.org. So, uh, but seriously, thank you so much for taking the time and we look forward to talking with you yeah, in the future. As a kid who uh watched remember the Titans before every single middle school football game, I uh it's been really cool talking to you. We really appreciate it. All right. Absolutely. Thank you, sir. Take care. And that was our interview with Gregory Allen Williams. I just want to thank him again for coming on uh to highlight another uh Dead Center film rotation. So, uh super excited to have him on. I want to thank him again. Yeah, that was awesome. I'm yeah. so glad he was able to jump on and talk about his, you know, so our first first take yeah. at directing a film i hope he i hope he gets a chance to do a comedy i think that would be kind of funny so yeah it'd be we'll, see if see if we'll, we'll definitely keep track of that and uh see what happens with super great man though like no, holy crap like, like, like there's there's i don't know the right word because there's not there's so many that I could describe he's, he's just just good down the earth like you know knows his shit and but like noble. knows how to like, respect people liter- yeah like he, he he seems like the type of person that we all strive to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just espouses these ideals that really he wants other people to have, just because he wants to help those people. Like that's what he did with this film, and that's Yeah. that's like how he was behind this whole. You don't even whole have to script. look up to see like any of his actions. Really, like if you just have a conversation with him, you know, no, like you know exactly he's, what he's about. It's fucking cool, dude. Yeah, he's oh my, I can't even say enough. He's such a nice dude, nice man. Uh, but next, it's time to talk to somebody that we've seen in The Mandalorian, we've seen in Tacoma FD, we've heard in Central Park, and seen in The Good Place. Uh, he was in the high note with Dakota Johnson. He's been in quite a few. He things. has. A, 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 He's been for the, like he's, you know. he's been very very eclectic and it's it's a testament to who he is because what he talks about in this is is really really cool. So yeah, and you know, in one of our favorite TV shows of last year, The Mandalorian, is so good, and every single actor and okay. behind the scenes person like really contributed to this thing being so great, and that does not exclude him at all. He, no. You know, he played a villager in um, one episode of The Mandalorian. See, episode four, The Sanctuary. Yeah, but it's like, like the caliber of the supporting cast that, like, was one variable that fucking made this show And it was quit. directed by Bryce Dallas Howard, which he talks about, you know, being directed by another actor. really, really helped him, and he liked that a lot more. And so I think that conversation is really, really cool. Yeah, and for And sure. now we're going to get to it, so... Here is our little talkie talk with Eugene Cordero. So we are now joined uh, by one of the actors who is in the high note with Dakota Johnson and Tracy Ellis Ross. And he is also in the Apple TV Plus uh, show Central Park, which has a new episode coming out tomorrow. Uh, comes out every Friday. But he is also the star of Tacoma FD, which comes back July 23rd. It is Eugene Cordero. Super hey. stoked to have you, man. How are you? I'm, I'm good. I mean, you know,
3: all all things considered, I think that's a thing that, you know, um, is being said right now is considering everything that's going yeah, on. Considering like, everything. I'm trying to happen. be as, yeah, I'm trying to be as positive as I can be and, you know, and it's working out okay. So that helps. Mostly
0: if you just tread water right yeah. now, you're yeah, doing rates. Yeah. Great. yeah like, you're doing <laughs> a lot better than most people right now. Right.
3: Yeah, I yeah, and you know, even even like the wording of things, which I totally understand, but like the idea of not calling this a crazy time right now is just good because it's like, you know, it's true, it's like it's a transitional time and a bunch of things are happening. So it's like, I don't know if it's crazy, it's just different and changing.
0: It can Uh, be crazy, but yeah, overarching, it's definitely just been like this is going to be our new i know i hate that word i hate new normal same same it's like it's just a different environment it's gonna be a different way of like doing everything in our lives so but i think like labeling it as a transitional time is it is such a great way of like talking instead of just saying like oh it's a crazy time like everything's insane it's like just saying like things are going through transition we're learning yeah right now
3: and And, and in all honesty it's like it will be better than it was before all of this we like, need which a lot more
0: change you know yeah like, yeah a lot lot even, more transition
3: even the way that people like wash their hands in the bathroom now yeah better you know yeah like we can really get like we could really uh get mad at that dude who leaves the bathroom without yeah. washing his hands and you know how like i mean i don't know when the last time you were at a restaurant was I mean it's impossible to know any of that stuff and if you say it's recent then people are going to get mad and if you They're say it hasn't and... been a while like whatever but now that the bathrooms kind of have just the stalls and then everybody shares yeah. the sinks you know mm. how like there's like That's, in yeah. like various things it's like now you'll you can totally be shamed if you just go straight from the toilet and just leave that sink oh, yeah. area so yeah. the,
0: one of the first restaurants I went to was raw sushi here in in uh, Dallas uh-huh. and i come out of the stall and there's a dude at the sink and it's like a two sink setup right i'm like yeah. okay, if i walk up to him i'm gonna be like within two feet of him. yeah so i'm just standing there awkwardly by the urinal <laughs> waiting for this dude to like wash his hands and dry like get out of there I can like yeah you know it's so it's super weird but it should definitely should not have taken a pandemic for people to be like yeah i should probably wash my hands regularly but now it's like when you walk out of the bathroom it's like Okay, I have to wash my hands. Let's be real; yes. it's only fifty yeah. percent of the population, right? True. It's just all the guys that yeah, need yeah, to yeah, yeah. Wash their hands. One person who's learned those is is a, is a good step forward, I guess. But yeah, sure. Yeah. So still not a majority of society. Enough about hand washing. So yeah, let's let's <laughs> <with> yeah. <laughs> Um, so Let's actually you no, know, There's something that I wanted to start out with, and yeah, it's sure. a little bit old. Mm-hmm. Um, not not much. It's eight years old. Oh, never mind. Yeah, eight that. years. Okay, a, let's he, do it. You did a TED talk uh, eight years ago.
3: Yeah, a and, fake TED talk. Well, I yes. mean, a real TED talk.
0: Yes, a, a real
3: at TED talk, but a fake TED, talk, TED talk. Real TED talk. Yeah. Nobody
0: in the audience, except for the people with the umbrellas, knew it was fake. So. Yes. What was that whole experience like? The so, experience-
3: um, that, that was a thing called Improv Everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, this uh, improviser uh, from the Upper Citizens Brigade in New York, uh, his name is Charlie Todd. Um, he actually also created this Disney Plus series, or, or is involved with, or created, I can't remember the details, but it's great, uh, but it led to, uh, it's called Pixar in Real Life That's on. Oh, okay. Um, that's on Disney plus where he basically recreates a bunch of things that happened in Pixar movies and is, you know, and does the same thing as the improv everywhere thing where it's like, you know, the, um, a little Wally is walking around in New York and people are interacting oh, with this that's Wally. Super cool. So it's really cool. Oh, if you, if you want to check that out, that's a shameless plug to a buddy of mine, but, um, uh, Goal. Charlie Todd, uh, created this thing and he was hired by, um by the TED Talks people to do a fake TED talk. Um and because we had done a bunch of things together um he he asked me if I would do it. Be Colin Robertson or whatever. Um and it was it was ins- it was one of those things where I kind of it was like a prank show but in the yeah. sense of nobody else was in on it around me And I didn't have one of those earpieces and it was just kind of like, okay, the whole day I had to, I had to do all of this research where I knew what I was going to talk about. Mm -hmm. So that when I was in the kind of green room with all of the other speakers, I could, you know, they were like, oh, what's your talk going to be? I was like, oh, this and this. And they were like, oh, we're excited for that. The other
0: talkers had no clue. Like they thought you were just like... Some dude who has solar energy.
3: Yes. No, I was just wow. talking about like a, a new way of handling
0: solar energy. So you're just I, acting basically. like a like Silicon Valley Yeah. Like for yeah. a basically.
3: Yeah. I was basically like, you know, my, my, uh, it's kind of hard to explain. And I basically, what I was always saying to everybody was like, it's hard to explain without the, the, uh, the PowerPoint presentation because I kind of need it so yeah. that people can gauge. You know, the different focus and angle we're going with, but basically it's this. And then I would just kind of have like this little paragraph that I've memorized to kind of, and they were like, oh, that's interesting. I'm like, but the graphics are great. We really worked hard on them. So I was, even with the other speakers, I was kind of pushing the fact that it was so important that my tech worked for it
1: oh so then yeah. that's
3: why when that that pinwheel of death happens i seem so stressed you're and like oh, I can, shit i can look at I, and there were moments where i looked down at the people that i had talked to and they were like i don't know i don't know what you could do and i'm like i don't know what i can do either um, you did it
0: so, so great because like he sent it to me and i didn't even realize it was you at first and you're, yeah you're clearly uncomfortable when like the the wheel of death comes up but as soon as people, like, start coming on the stage, you yeah. look like... What the hell is going on? You look like on? death. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's, like, when I pulled the video for the first... Because I was looking up your your improv and your stand-up, and I, I mm-hmm. saw this video, and I was like, what the hell? So I clicked on it, it comes up, and it says Colin Robertson. And I was like, wait, I thought his name was Eugene Cordell. I was like, oh, wait a second. He's, he's playing a character here. Okay. Yeah. And, like, dove into it. I was like, oh, this is hilarious. I would have loved to have seen everybody's... I would have loved to have, like, been in on it, and seeing everybody's reaction in those moments of just like, oh, holy shit, he's yeah, yeah. like, this is the worst moment.
3: I mean, it would—it was the worst moment for those people. Like, yeah. if that was your first time that you'd be able to do that, that would—it would be heartbreaking. I think you know.
0: And it's funny because um, it happens uh, to like it happens to Steve Jobs, and it's happened to like Elon Musk. It—it it is yeah. definitely happening. Like, yeah. very serious presentation. Sure. Like, yeah. 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 Not with people in morph suits, but. No, no, not like that. But yeah, just the whole thing. No, so. that sounds like such a cool experience. So, can we ask you about uh, *Mandalorian*? Like, yes, we saw sure. A uh, little clip about how they, how they did the, the production with the uh, virtual LED stage. Mm-hmm. Is that something um, in the scenes that you did? Was that done on that stage? Yeah, yeah. Okay. What was that like? So,
3: um, I mean, it's basically like um, you, you know, when you go to like a um, um, a museum, and they have like that that dome where yes. it's like all of the stars and everything. Yeah. So you imagine, Wall-a-land. yeah, yeah, yeah. If you if you um, imagine that, but it was like, it's like if somebody bought out a Best Buy, and then but, like just lined the, the whole thing with all of their best TVs,
0: yeah,
3: around you, and um, and when you walked into it, they were able to set it up where it looked like you were in a real place that's what it if 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 i stood in the middle of that stage and i looked around quickly it looked like i was there that is insane and and then if you get closer so you see where this you see where the screen is of me now Mm -hmm. everything behind me would be super high def so it'd look as real as it actually is yeah but then but then a little bit past my hands would be still high definition but a little bit more pixelated you know so it's not as high definite it would be as high definition as your television past that but right behind me would be so high def that it looks like it's Literally. literally there
0: yeah yeah it looks like from the like the disney plus documentary and like the other stuff they did like if you had just hadn't walked through like the production facility and just like ended up somehow on that stage with like not seeing anything you would just feel like you're in the world like it looked yeah. exactly yeah. like just being in an open environment.
3: Yeah. I mean, that, and that was it for a lot of the uh, villager scenes and stuff like that that we did. Um, uh, but it wasn't, the big battle was obviously outside with like green screens and everything set up. Um, it, with like the ATST battle, you know, big, big um, fight at the end. That stuff was all outside and you know uh but anything that we're in the huts or uh when when me and um and uh asif uh the other actor that um i was with in that scene approached the mandalorian that's all within that thing like that
0: mm-hmm.
3: his ship was there which was totally cool and you could i walk bet into that's it. insane you could yeah. wait,
0: you could did you walk into it
3: yeah 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 you walked into it and then uh you know and, I mean, there was a whole half a day where they had to run, you know, the um, the child's um, mechanics through my arms mm. so that I could pick them up and put them into the, you know, into our ship or, you yeah. know, our thing. So it was a lot, but it was totally the coolest thing in the world. Who so,
0: was directing? Was that Dallas um, Price Howard's episode? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. What was it like working with like a, an actor who had kind of made that switch into directing? You know, she, she
3: definitely was so focused on the actor and the feelings and the emotion of uh, characters. So that I appreciate. Cause she comes from the same, you know, she's coming from the same language that we're from. So, you know, that helps. And then that way it's like, you know, I, I love being able to work with a bunch of different directors and some are more technical than others that are like, you know, really focused on okay you know this this and this but sometimes that can get a kind of overwhelming because you're thinking yeah. of what you're gonna do and somebody's like okay so this shot is this and then we're gonna pull in and it's like I you know what yeah I don't I need don't, to know I, that I don't need to know that yeah. so the way that she worked was very much not talking about the shot okay. set up and more about you know and especially in that world you know you're, you also I mean and this is me personally I also know that in that show i loved being a part of it Mm -hmm. and you know i had to sign so many things just so that i i couldn't say who what was or the fact that the baby yoda oh we're talking the child here in a minute yeah (laughs) you know we had to be quiet and if you saw our episode there's a bunch of children there yes so i'm like how were they able to keep them shut them up but they, they were just able to do it.
0: them for like months
3: right but if if they're not saying anything i would be the asshole if i was the one that went, <laughs> you know what i mean so i was
0: like so i was like so overly quiet about yeah. it. yeah um, did you talk but, did you say anything to like your wife or anything no, about it you no, just had to like you just internally were like i'm just gonna no. keep this in I mean, I'll be honest, my wife didn't care.
3: My wife doesn't well, care about, okay. anything, yeah.
0: about about Star Wars
3: stuff at all. So, it, it wasn't like it would have been that exciting to her. But it was hard for me to not tell some of my friends who are huge, yeah. huge Star Wars fans. Uh, my buddy um he was on SNL for a while, Bobby Moynihan. Oh, he,
1: yeah.
3: He's he's the probably the biggest Star Wars fan I know and I it, really? to keep it from him was how pissed was um, he
0: at you for when, when he found out about the child?
3: You know, he was excited. He was he okay. was happy yeah. that I didn't tell him. Um, yeah. and uh yeah. And he is involved in the universe already. So uh, he might have known before that, but like yeah, it it was it was neat. Um,
0: you guys got lucky. You snuck in the premiere and everything, like what, a couple months before the world yeah. grinded to a halt. Yeah. So yeah, yeah but when you had that scene with the child that you were talking about the wires and when you saw that, that, I guess it's a puppet. Did you know how big of a, like, I don't think anybody knew how big of a phenomenon it was, but no, but
3: you, the fact that nobody had been dealing with that species or yes. who that was. And, and to be honest, <clears throat> I wasn't sure if it was actually Yoda, if it was oh. one of, you know, like I didn't, yeah. you know, cause we only got, I only got the script that, of my, I, they didn't give me the
0: series, you know? Yeah. They only gave you, yeah. They gave me mine
3: and they, and, 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 um, this whole, and I got my sides. Mm -hmm. Um, but the whole script I had to leave in the room every night and sign out and blah, blah, blah. Like there was no way that I would get. So, um, so, you know, the limited information I had, I was excited about, but you know, I also think there was a separate waiver right before we came on set with that with the child that was like okay all of the waivers aside where you can't talk about anything i think you might need to sign this one more thing about this
0: about thing. this one specific thing yeah, <laughs> yeah. Favreau yeah. was like militant about it he was yeah. Into like, like yeah toys or anything That's like super yeah famous now yeah which
3: is which is i mean it was a huge reveal and it, it yes. i did not know how big it was but it felt pretty big that that was going to be something that was going to be in this series so I mean, you know, and then watching the series, that's what the whole series is about is protecting the child. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's a huge plot point, I think. Makes a
0: lot of sense.
1: But you're yeah. also
0: in a show called uh, Central Park on Apple mm-hmm. TV+. Plus. Uh, yeah. The new, they have episodes coming out every Friday. There's a new one coming out tomorrow. Um, yep. It was created by the guy who created uh, Bob's Burgers, but also Lauren, Josh Gad. Yeah. And yeah. that cast is stacked. Like It's what, amazing, yeah. What is it like? working with a Stanley Tucci who's playing a woman and Catherine Hahn, and David David Diggs and right
3: um it's amazing I mean I will say that I feel very lucky to be part of that um and and the way that it happened was um pretty cool and great and it was uh I had uh just gotten a a gig uh, on Bob's Burgers to be a voice on it and was doing the table read uh for that and uh and lauren and, and a bunch of the writers for bob's and um you know there there is a kind of a crossover of the bobs burgers and the central park people mm-hmm. um and uh they popped the idea in their head that huh, maybe this guy would be great as you know um kite man as kite man yeah as brandon <laughs> in this um um and uh and I was. And they had thrown it by and, and asked me to read for it, and I couldn't have been more excited. And then, you know, I read for it, and they felt like it was a good fit. And uh, and then I saw who the rest of the cast was, and I was like, this is crazy. Yeah, um, nuts. And, uh, and Kristen and I have done um, uh, a bunch of stuff on The Good Place, obviously, mm-hmm. together, and also uh, House of Lies back in, like, oh, yeah. uh, 2012 or 2014 or something like yeah, that. So um, so we have a little bit of a history of working together. So it was nice to uh, work with her again and, uh, she's amazing. And when we did the table read for the first episode and having a bunch of people there and then a bunch of people that you could hear from New York do their part. It was That's exciting. So cool. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's so cool. did, and then when you did like your table read or your, your, your read through for the first time, did you have an idea of it was going to be a musical? Was that something that like they kind of yeah. told you?
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had to. Um, they also had me audition with um with a song and and okay. make sure that I could sing. Uh, I think in episode six or seven, um, you'll you'll actually hear me sing. So, nice. so look out yeah. for
0: that. Nice. But that was like I, I started watching it and I was like, okay, when you see kind of like who's in it with the two guys from Hamilton, Leslie Odom Jr. and David, yeah, James, it's like, and Josh Gad obviously, it's like okay, makes sense that they would do music, yeah. And it's yeah, and really Kristen, good. yeah, and yeah. Kristen, yeah, yeah. And so it's like, it's so interesting of a show. It's really pretty funny. And then you've got on top of all that, you've got Stanley Tucci playing Bitsy. And I was like, yeah, Wait oh a man, second. that's supposed. To be- oh, that is Tucci. Okay, like it's such an interesting show, and it's really funny. Like, what's the? It's just been a really fun show to do. Yeah,
3: it's been great. Yeah, I mean, um, uh, Lauren, in the way that he does Bob's Burgers already is just so focused and funny, and yeah. everybody that he pulled. And and the uh, the producers and the showrunners of this show are just uh, awesome. Mm-hmm. That uh, it, it just really felt fun and loose and um and and bright. You know, like it didn't mm-hmm. it doesn't feel too intense. And um and and the comedy is in there through like the relationships, and it's just it's it's neat to see. And you know, people get to play parts. You know, especially right now, people are going to get play parts that you know because it's animated is, yes. is fun and outside of their comfort zone. So.
0: Well, you've done like a real mix of animated and, and, you know, mm. live action yeah. movies. Is there one you prefer the most or is it, there's, there's stuff that you really enjoy about both.
3: I mean, I, I enjoy the, um, the voiceover stuff because when you, you know, you, you grow up on cartoons and you yeah. grow up on animation. So as a kid, you're yeah. like, Oh man, it would be awesome to be a voice on this Sick. or that. Um, and to see what you can do with anima- animation that you can't do in, you know, in real life is mm-hmm. amazing. Um, but, you know, I, I, you know, I'm a, I feel like I'm an actor first. So okay. I like being in front of the camera more than just being a voice um, of something. But I, I totally enjoy those, those gigs as well.
0: Well, you're in front of the camera a lot on uh true TVs, Tacoma FD and yeah, the yeah. From super troopers. So anytime I see those two guys faces, I'm like, Oh hell yeah. Let's go. <laughs> oh like, man. They're great. What was it like? What was the process of getting involved with that?
3: You know, oh, man, um, they, uh, they're just very hands on with everything. Um, you know, the, the two of them, Kevin and Steve, uh, Steve Lemmy, Kevin Heffernan—they um, have their voice and they're writing partners, you know, outside of this. So they have a shared voice that is very specific. I mean, it yes. it does play within the Broken Lizard Super Troopers thing, but they also have a new, unique voice as just what their comedy is together mm-hmm. and what their comedy is separate. And you know, like um, it's if you watch them on screen in the first season and, and the first part of this season and you watch their interactions. I mean, it's like you either turn the camera on or turn the camera off. Oh yeah. Cause it's, it's literally almost the same thing in the way that they fight in the way that they joke around with each other in the way that they, you know, play off of each other. It's like, it's, it's, it's really solid and, and, and really, um, it, it seems to flow and be really easy for those guys. So, um, it's nice and and you know they they uh they uh have a lot of input on what happens on the show and um and and what is moving forward with the show so in the casting process um the parts and i mean in today's society of course it's changing even more but you know it was written as you know um Andy Parrish or something like that, where, you know, they were looking for a specific type and uh, I'm just not that. Um, And uh, Wendy O'Brien, who's one of my favorite casting people in the world, is always a champion for, um, you know, why don't you just see this instead? And Kevin and Steve are like, I don't know if we need to follow what we had written for the pilot to get the pilot sold so much as just finding the funniest people that we think that we could work with, yes. hopefully for the next 800 years. Yeah, <laughs> <You> <laughs> that's know? the goal, right? Yeah, that's yeah. the goal. The goal is like, you know, um, who who's the best for the part, but who is the who's going to be the best co-workers? Yes. You know, like we're trying to get longevity out of this and not trying to just make a splash at the beginning and then hope it, you know, that's the difference I think, especially when it comes from television to film, it's like for a film, it's like, let's try to do our best to just focus on this one moment, mm-hmm. make this idea happen and then see what else is out. You don't make a movie hoping that you'll make a sequel. Yeah. You know, wow. you're making a movie to hopefully, you know, make a splash with that movie. And I think There's a bunch of TV shows that came out. And I think that's also part of what, you know, Hollywood is or was for a while is, and that's what people wanted, especially when all of the streaming services came out. It's like, how do you make a splash in that first episode? How do you make a, how do you make a lost? Where the first episode everybody talks about, and then you hold on to it somewhat. You know what I mean? Cause
0: yeah, like you always, it it doesn't matter what show it is. The ratings are going to, Go down a little bit. You could be the best show ever. Unless you're really sure. like Stranger Things, or yeah, you know, one which of the, they don't the the put
3: phenomenal. those out,
1: right? Yeah. So, but like, even
3: then, like you know, th- that's a another um, you know uh, template that they were doing. How do you get the arc of the season so that you can release all of them at once? Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, so then that it does kind of become like, how do we sell this season? Hopefully, we'll get a next season off of this and. I think with Kevin and Steve, they went with more of the traditional, like, how do we make a show that's going to just last, you know, 800 years?
0: Yeah, right. Um, That has to be really, really stressful to basically go into each new season, like, okay, we have to do something that's going to get us another season. Like, the entire season is basically, like, survivor mode. Yeah. It's like, that show, Tacoma FD, is, you can really tell that all those people are there together just having a great time playing off each other almost yeah
3: and and you know there's you know there is something for both i i, I enjoy watching both you know yeah. i i enjoy being part of both i mean you know there's some aspects to tacoma that you know where the focus is on it being an evergreen episode meaning that yeah. like you know you can just click on episode six of season yeah. eight and then you can just watch it and you get it
0: yeah it's just it's contained um, another. you stuff. know
3: which is great. And it's his own thing. But then there's moments in that show that we were like, oh, man, I wish we could make it a little bit more of a episodic thing where it goes, you know, there's yeah. a three line that you have to watch the other ones. And that's what, you know, ultimately what old sitcoms were like, mm-hmm. oh, what are they talking about? Well, that detail you have to watch, you know, episode, episode of one where like The Good Place, on the other hand, it's like, well, you can't even get into season you know you can't get into I, yeah. a later season if yeah. you haven't watched
0: the- it it's interesting because like a lot of shows nowadays are kind of doing that where you know you'll have almost cult following shows like brooklyn 99 or whatnot that really truly have self-contained episodes mm-hmm. really yeah all the way through and now you have even like american horror story or the detour not the detour What was it the cabin the one cabin, oh. uh yeah 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 uh, so you know you have different ones yeah. where each episode is like a completely different story sure i think art. the cabin was tbs yeah it was tbs but yeah. it was like every single episode yeah. was a it's new so funny. It's
3: right. fucking oh hysterical God, like anthology style comics yeah. yeah
0: exactly yeah. yeah it's a great way to do it because like miracle workers which is also tbs does yeah that. they miracle do miracle like workers. that anthology type of thing is that way you do have a draw every single season yeah to bring people in but you know it definitely works each way, and it's yeah
3: and that's creative in its own way of like trying to come up with you know another way of you know staying uh, trying to something new basically having a brand new show every season
0: yeah and that's so much that has to be fun for y'all like you're getting yeah. to do something different like it's not it never becomes stale i would think like right
3: but then there is something i mean you know being on a show like this where it's not going to necessarily change it's going to have its own challenges of you know 800 years from now us still playing these parts you know and shit yeah yeah
0: like well it still it still works though because you could in that kind of show you always just bring in new characters right you yeah like you got the rookie in the you know the firehouse or whatever so sure yeah and then you got the police department which uh Jimmy Jimmy Tatro plays one of the cops. He does. And he's, he's actually a firefighter in uh King of Staten Island. Have you Right. Have yeah. You checked that out yet?
3: I haven't checked the, I haven't checked that out yet, but when we were on set he showed us a picture that he was also a firefighter. We're like, oh, "Yeah, we the... get it. We yeah. you do it all. You do you're, it all." You're everywhere, man. Like, yeah. Uh
0: no. It's it's a super funny movie, so. It's a great movie. Yeah. Yeah, if you're into the Judd episode kind of Yeah. Funny. Yeah, of course. But we were we had you on to talk about the high note and we, we talked about a lot of other stuff. Oh yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the high note with, you know, Dakota Johnson and Tracy Ellis Ross. It was, it's been playing in a couple theaters here in the Dallas area. Um, oh, good. In theaters. Yes. And I think Great. one, but that's more yeah. than I think. Oh well, sure, yeah. Anything Texas is kind of like, it just give a, a fuck a, blowing the door open and, like, <laughs> yeah, just do right. whatever the hell you want yeah, so sure it's, but the company the theaters are like super slow about opening up so mm-hmm. we only have like i think five or six mm-hmm. open at the moment in, uh-huh. you know, out of probably 50 different theaters sure. in area so but i mean what was it like you know making that movie and then kind of seeing it you know go through everything that it went through in march with its release date and just what was that experience like
3: i mean you know it, it was it's similar to everything else that's happening in the industry right now it's just like trying to find its place and mm-hmm. you know trying to um to get a wider release so that people can see it or find ways for people to see it i mean i i feel like people are going to find it and then after and, you know um people are back to able to go back to theaters or or paying more attention to what they can stream online. Yeah. It's gonna it's it's gonna be one of those movies that y- you'll have on. Like it's mm-hmm. a it's a I think it just has like a very, very solid like um you know, premise and and everybody that's in it is so great.
0: Yeah, it's that, a cool cast.
3: Um that it just um it's like a feel-good movie and also the songs speaking of music again
0: yeah you really like music i guess yeah
3: yeah the music in it i think is so like i couldn't get those songs out of my head when we were shooting really yeah because you know i play like the music producer so we're sitting in the booth and we we had a lot of scenes where we're sitting there listening to the songs you know and those are going to be you know obviously got edited out because it's like us just sitting there bobbing our heads is not necessarily going to make the movie. But, make the cut. But, you know, the montages of those moments were going to happen. But we were sitting there and listening to them. And I was just like, I'd come home from set all the time and just be singing these songs. <laughs>
0: they didn't have a sign you at NDA to not sing the songs outside. Well, I,
3: I would just be humming them. You know, <laughs> yeah. I'm not. I'm not I'm not belting the, uh, you know, Tracy Ellis Ross jams yeah. through Whole
0: Foods or something. Yeah. <laughs> but Ice Cube is in it too. What was it like working with Ice Cube?
3: You know, he was great. I mean, I, um, most of my stuff was with Dakota. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so, uh, I didn't get to work with him all that much, but those, there was those scenes where we we're in the production, uh, in the studio and it's, uh, Diplo, Low and ice cube oh, and everybody and everybody was awesome i mean it was just one of those things where it was so i i was playing the producer and they had an on-site producer there to kind of show me what i was doing so that i didn't look like an asshole which i appreciate so much um and that helped and, a lot. and i'll be honest he was dressed exactly like, i was dressed exactly like him like it was like <laughs> he might have you know um and uh, and he was telling me exactly how he would listen to something, how he would, you know. So that was happening. So I already felt out of my element because there was a a professional there, and we were at Capitol Records, so it was on a real board that they yeah. had made oh, wow. awesome records on. And and we went to another studio where they had made, uh, I mean, they, like they had made a bunch of these a huge Hollywood, records, you know, yeah. yeah. So that that was already intimidating. That producer alone was intimidating, and then you have Ice Cube and Diplo and these guys who this is their element. Yeah. I'm just like, I just, I, I just quietly hung out, you know,
0: (laughs) you're absorbing all this information right now. Yeah.
3: Yeah. And you know, knowing that I was there, you know, as a supporting role and I didn't, and, and knowing where I was in the movie, I was, I was very much just like, Oh, this is a learning experience to just kind of be in the world of the music industry. So I was just taking it in across the board. you know. Also, everything smells – you can't get the weed out of the walls, I don't think.
0: I mean, boy, I would have just been there for that alone. That was yeah. hilarious. Some of those yeah. rooms have probably been like 30, 40 years plus of just nothing. Oh, yeah, oh, everybody, everybody, of- yeah, yeah, yeah. Could you imagine just walking in and be like, yep, that's definitely weed?
3: Oh man, you walk in here just like rooms. oh, this is definitely a music studio. Yeah, like that yeah. has been used to make some amazing music.
0: If the if those walls could talk, the the stories would be. I mean, they'd be dead. Yeah, would- you know,
3: <laughs> those would be dead walls. Those that those walls are
0: dead. <laughs> well, man, what, I mean, you got any future projects that are coming up that you want to you know, plug, uh, or what you what you going to be doing in the future?
3: Um, I mean, we just have uh, we have. You know, more Central Park episodes coming out. The Tacoma second half of Tacoma FD starts in July, which the second half of this season is even crazier than the first half. Uh they're letting That's us do summer. so much more and it's it's it was a blast. Uh hopefully we'll hear soon if we get a third season and you know, hopefully we'll start production on something soon. Yep. Um there's a couple other things in the works that, you know. Um, aren't like officially released or anything yet. Um, so, you know, I'm not necessarily, but, you know, there are some things in the pipeline that are exciting and, and in there. And then there's also um, uh, uh, Lower Decks, Star Trek. Um, I'm a yeah, voice, I saw that. speaking of voices, uh, that comes out at the end of this summer, I believe, um, CBS All Access. And that's, uh, that oh, wow. is awesome. And uh, yeah. Tawny Newsome is not it. Uh, noel wells and um and jack quaid
0: so we got we got to ask star trek or star wars which one's better
3: you know what i um i was kind of like a like an outside fan of both yeah you know um you know i just i wasn't a huge space kid space guy yeah 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 like when people ask me like you know to look at constellations i'm like they all just it, it's, here. it's all the same <laughs> it, it all feels right it life. feels the same yeah um and um you know i'm sure there's a um there's an extraterrestrial out there pissed at me right now because they can hear what i'm saying and
0: <laughs> yeah, well, you know whatever it's up to them they don't care yeah, yeah. but um
3: <laughs> yeah they're this is not their problem right now wow. uh yeah. but uh you know so but i appreciated both yeah. growing up and I appreciate both more now that I am involved, and I, I get excited. So, you know, I don't know. I would love to do more of both. Um, yeah. Just because they're so different, and you know, and and it's and it's all
0: work.
2: What's <laughs> on well, out there? So. Yeah, for
0: Star Wars, I think there's a way to go back to that village. So sure. Oh, yeah. yeah, I would love so. to see that. But yeah. I'd really like to ask you. You've had like just a really diverse and you know really solid career so far. You know for any comedians or musicians or aspiring actors, like trying to get started in this environment, what, you know, would you have any advice for people on, you know, what, what can they do in such a limited environment as this to stand out and to get noticed?
3: Um, I think, I, I mean, It's such, it's so hard. It's such a hard career. And and it's such a hard, um, I don't know. um, Like, everybody's path is different. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, I ultimately would, my best advice for this, and um, even when this is done is to like, stay on top of your own stuff. Meaning, uh, you know, educate yourself on on the work that's out there, educate yourself on your own work and be prepared for the moment, you know, like people believe and, and I can't fault them for it. And I agree that like, you know, it's it's a luck game
1: mm-hmm. yep.
3: for the moment. And it's like people talk about like, oh, when do you get your shot? And it's like your shot is anytime you do anything. Yeah. So make sure that you, every time you do something, you're doing it at the best of your ability, because that's going to bring the next thing forward. And I think a lot of the time people are like, Oh, I got offered this, but that's nothing. And it's like, no, that's Mm -hmm. something. That's another opportunity for you to learn. That's another opportunity for you to work with other people and educate yourself on how to do something. So there's never a step backwards. There's only step forwards. So like, Use everything as an education move for yourself. And that's, you know, because you never know that the person who is, you know, a um, like a a, a productionist, like a PA on something Mm -hmm. is going to be has a script and and that script is going to be found and they'll direct the next biggest you know, sci-fi thing out there or the next comedy that, you know, like people are listening to that voice. Like you never know. So if you are doing your 100% on that project and that PA is going like, man, that, that motherfucker is funny, easy to work with. I would, if I ever make anything, Oh, I'm I'm going to do this. Or they're going to watch that and go like, Ooh, I'm going to actually write a character that's kind of based on him because this is fun. And then that, that opportunity happens, you get that call and, uh, and then you're part of the, you know, then you're part of the process. I think that's a lot of it is like taking every opportunity as your luck opportunity mm-hmm. is, you know.
0: Yeah. It's, it's such kind of though. like a unusual career because all of your opportunities are basically the result of someone else you know, extending it towards you. So you just 100% have to be completely prepared and always working diligently to be ready for those opportunities.
3: Yeah. And then be able to control what you're doing on that day. Like, you know, that opportunity is going to happen. And then when that happens, it's like, well, how do you take advantage of it? You know, like there's been countless opportunities where I've shit the bed too, but that's just for whatever reason, been a learning experience. But you know, like that, also happens, and you learn from it, mm-hmm. oh did it, did that happen because I wasn't prepared enough for the day? oh, did that happen because I was you know whatever the reason is, then you like use that as you know not anybody else's fault, but that was an opportunity for me to succeed, and you know I did or didn't
0: yeah, and you learn from all that those experiences, but yeah, yeah, very cool well, wait, man, we really appreciate you taking the time to talk yeah with us and we're, we're super excited for a new episode of Central park tomorrow mm-hmm. and then Tacoma FD coming back next uh, month, July 23rd. So mm-hmm. uh, thank you for joining us and hopefully yeah, we will talk to you in the future.
3: Awesome. Thanks, right, guys.
0: You have a great day. Appreciate it. You too. Are you playing Jaws of Life Jenga? Yeah.
3: And ready
2: for action.
3: Hey, that's my helmet.
2: Everyone knows in a feud is tit for tat. Fall back, McConkie. I'm the fire chief.
0: And that was Eugene Cordero uh, again, just want to thank him for coming on the show. We really appreciate him taking the time. We went a little bit over what we thought we were going to with him, but uh, some really good conversations across the board about a lot of stuff that he's worked on. So Yeah, really an insightful, dude. <clears throat> That's cool. yeah. yeah, that end at the end. that The thing he said at the end was something that I think anybody can live by. Yeah, yeah. Anyone, I think, can... Take what he was saying and apply it to kind of any facet of your life, yeah. right? Like Any profession, any job, like anything that you could like be doing in your life, you could take this mentality and yeah, you know, be really successful, it's, I think. It's a incredible. It's hard to um, be consistent with, but like that's how you want to approach personal growth or career growth mm-hmm. or relationship growth. Like I think that's, he, he put it really well i think yeah there's there's lapses sometimes there's there's it's hard to be very consistent but and we're all human it's hard to be you know you know if you have people who are around you who keep you accountable that will keep you on your toes and they'll make you do it you know the goals that you want it helps you along the road because you just kind of need that push sometimes so yeah that's why it's good to have little yeah, brothers it's, that's how it's good to have big brothers with shiba Gendo inus uh he's a gendo. Hey, we need to we need to get out of that habit yeah you know? i know um, um but no, we. I'm surprised he hasn't been more offended for 12 years about us claiming he's something other than he is. I think the drugs are kind of keeping that up right now of oh, the, he's... because of the foot. He's out. He is he's out. He's out at my feet and he's not even moving. He took his first painkiller of the day and he's just. He's out for the count. Yeah. He's breathing, so. No, he's good. He's, yeah, he's, he's nice from the locks. I uh, just want to make that clear for anybody who's listening <laughs> from the DEA or DOG, whatever the fuck it's called. I don't know. The uh, what? I don't know. We're cutting that. <laughs> This episode's absolutely <laughs> off the gone, rails. Gone this, off point. The rails. Uh, this is a good episode, man. We're Our dog is fun. fine. He's fine. Yeah. He's asleep. He's good. Anyways, so <clears throat> yeah, what an man. episode! Yeah. yeah, it's been a good one, man. Oh yeah. my god, I'm crying. Uh, <laughs> that was that was really funny. So now we just want to thank again uh, Eugene Cordero and Gregory Allen Williams for coming on. Um, definitely check out their work. We. Love to support them, and we're excited for the, what they have to do in the future. Yep, and also please continue to check out a uh, Dead Center Film Festival. It's still yes. going on. They had their award uh, show, show Saturday at 7 p.m. Central. Yep. So hopefully, some of the you know folks we got to have a conversation with do well this weekend. It looks and like Close Otros is getting listed as like a, a short film, one of the best short films. It should at this Shit. at I this mean, uh, at, at Dead Center. So, and I'm sure we'll Cannonball, keep an eye on you know, will. They've had success before at other film festivals, so it wouldn't yep. be at all surprising if they did, you know, we're yep. able to fix Brooklyn up here. What so. do you think... Uh, I don't know, there, there's an audience award for Best Short. Do you think Los Otros gets that? Um... I mean, I haven't seen them all, so I really can't. Yeah, we're going to have to be better <clears> at... <throat> we have to be a little bit better about seeing everything that's there, and that's really what the idea of a film festival is, so... Yeah, 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 I mean... Just be better about. To, yeah, it's hard with our schedules and what we're doing, but yeah, you know, we um, can, I think we can manage our time a little bit better to where we can, you know, schedule out a lot of different short films. Get them, yeah. again, at least let's let's make it a goal of at least getting through the short films. I think that'd be good <clears> to <throat> at least like have a um, well-rounded discussion of the complete slate of a film festival, or yeah. at least one section of it. Um, it was tough because, you know, we, uh, King of Santa Island came out the same weekend and well, then we just, Artemis Fowl came out. Like those are, that was like four hours right there. Um, we just, we, we've got a lot of going on on the outside, but they, we, and we, I was millit- found out like two weeks before that we were going to be doing it. So yeah. And I, I was pretty militant about watching Artemis Fowl like a right, when it came out, which was yeah, well, probably was, a mistake. That was a mistake. Um, yeah. but you know, no, like we will have to budget our time better and we'll do better in the future. And. I, know, think we we did and I think we, we did. We did a really good job. I think we I'm gonna pat ourselves on the back. Yeah, I, no, uh, how I many people we, we no no, let's not even say that. Like I think with the interviews that we did and we tried mm-hmm. to make we made a concerted effort to check out, you know, the movies that we thought we would be interesting and would be the best. And
2: exactly. know, we found
0: yeah. We found at least two movies that are game changers and two short films and a documentary that hopefully is gonna get picked up. So we'll see we're gonna we're gonna do better in the future we're gonna learn through our experiences and we're gonna take every opportunity as you know we're gonna go full bore 100 percent so exactly as mr Cordero said yeah right? we are we are primed for the future and we are excited to do tuesday thursday episodes from now on and uh really you know do the best that we can with this show because we both really enjoyed and we're yeah we can like just peel back the curtain a little bit you know we did like a we did a two hour workout and with, with little workout about an hour an hour and forty minutes of that was just just sitting in there talking about what we were planning on doing with the podcast the next like few you know long term and short term yeah so, and just uh, understanding what our what our yeah short term goals are and where our strengths sure and weaknesses yeah. like where we need to work what what we're doing good so uh, we're fucking very, love doing this yeah it's very constructive and you know we are committed to the future of this and so i'm really excited to see where it goes and i think the people who are you know listening now on july 18th 2020 and yeah uh, over a month into this thing july it's june it's june 18th 2020 my bad um but you know seeing who we get to meet in the future from you know listening to this podcast even if it's just one or two people like we're gonna be super stoked about that because we really enjoy this so we'll see who comes and joins the adventure through movie land and hollywood and Plano, Texas's Cinemark movie theater. So and all the Gendo adventures your heart can desire. So I'm, I, we're super excited about to see what the future is, and we will be surely talking on Sunday about how awesome it was to be back in a movie theater. Uh, tomorrow, I'm going to be spending, I think, f- from four to probably nine thirty five, so five and a half hours in a movie theater. Like I'm going to feel right at home. I'm so. I'm so excited. I can't. I yeah. can't wait. I cannot wait. So uh, we'll see what that experience is like. Thank you, Cinemark, for opening your doors, and uh, thank you, Greg and uh, Eugene, for coming on to talk yep. with us about everything. But uh, everybody, stay safe. Have a great weekend, and thank you for listening. Adiós, muchachos. Bye,
1: guys.